You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. I appreciate you listening to today's episode. Bears win. It wasn't pretty, but they won. Eddie Pinheiro comes through in the clutch. And, I mean, he boomed that 53-yard game winner. There's so much from this game that we need to talk about. But let me first talk about Eddie Pinheiro, okay? He deserves to be front and center, considering that he's the big reason why the Bears won 16-14 to over Denver in a game that, man, it just felt like it was um, a must-win for the Bears, which is crazy to say, considering it's the second game of the season. But it felt huge for them to get that win, especially considering how the game was unfolding. But like I said, let me get to Pinheiro first. Pinheiro with three kicks in this game from 40-52 and the game winner from 53. Didn't look shaky on any of those. I don't know Eddie Pinheiro. I haven't met him or talked to him yet, but you can tell that he's got a lot of confidence. He's used to kicking in big games, being that he played in the SEC. He talked about in the postgame how this is similar to when he got the job at Florida because of how bad the kicking situation was there. And he came through. It, It makes me a little angrier about how they didn't use him last week, considering. But I know that kicking in Denver can sometimes be easier because of the altitude. And maybe a 51-yard kick last week against Green Bay. You know what? I'm not going to give them that out. It's ridiculous that they didn't kick the ball against Green Bay when they had the chance. By the way, I don't know if you watch Green Bay. I got a chance to watch them before I headed into the NBC Sports Chicago uh, studios. And Aaron Rodgers is starting to get that offense. It's not perfect yet, but he's starting to get it. And that's really, really scary for the rest of the teams. And not just the NFC North, but it, but in the NFC overall. They beat the Vikings today. So the Packers are 2-0. The Vikings are 1-1. One one. Detroit won their game today. They had a chance to, to Lions it up, and they didn't. They beat the Chargers, so they're 1-0-1 right now. Which I think still leaves the Bears in last place because the... Lions win percentage is better. And if we go to, I guess it would be the second tiebreaker. No, it doesn't matter. It's the second game of the season. But you know what I mean. With the Vikings, if you go to the the first tiebreaker, it would be head-to-head. They haven't played. Then you go to division, and they both are 
they both have lost the game in the division. And but if you look at the points scored for Minnesota, I don't even know if that's the third tiebreaker. But anyway, the season doesn't end today. At least it, it didn't for the Bears, and it very well could have. You get down zero and two. It feels really, really bad. And this this game shouldn't feel great for the Bears. The win feels great, and it's always it's it's difficult to win in the NFL. I understand that. And because it's difficult to win in the NFL, you have to savor all these wins. But there are still a lot of things wrong with this Bears offense and with the quarterback. Why don't I, I'm going to try and take it from a from a positive standpoint first? Okay, the positive thing is Matt Nagy seemingly learning from his mistakes. I'm going through the box score right now. We asked the Bears to run the ball more. We asked them to commit to the run, and they did that. Bears ran the ball 29 times in this game for 153 yards. It's an average of 5.3 yards per carry. They got creative once we got to the, you know, later on in the game. There are a lot of straight runs like up the gut, which made a lot of sense, especially last week had they tried them, but they didn't do anything that was super creative. David Montgomery, I know that he only averaged 3.4 yards per carry, but he runs hard. He runs really hard. He is difficult to tackle in the hole, and he seems to have a knack for getting the yards. We also saw that they know who Tariq Cohen is. Cohen had four carries. Some of them were up the middle between the tackles, which is not something that you would ordinarily think is a good idea, but I think that it can be extremely helpful because it can catch defenses off guard. They might not be thinking that Cohen is going to run up the middle. On his four carries, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry. So that's fine. The big run of the day was Cordell Patterson's 46-yarder. And what I love about that, even though I was sitting there going, man, I can't believe they took Montgomery out to put Patterson in. This is what it's like with Nagy and his new toys. Like He's got to show you all of his new toys. The Patterson 46-yard run, them running to the edge because they were struggling to run to the edge with Montgomery and Cohen, it's set up because it was the same action, just like a different play. It set up the Taylor Gabriel 14-yard run that he had. And that's where I thought we saw the creativity of Matt Nagy as a play caller, where he's like, oh, well, that worked, and they over-pursued what if we try this off of that look? And that was that was cool to see, and I was glad they were got they got Taylor Gabriel involved. So some of the stuff with the run game, I wouldn't pronounce it completely fixed, but there was a commitment to the run, and I, I like that there was a, a commitment to the run. Not that they have to do it, and I've said it before on other podcasts. I'm not one of these people that believes that you have to have a 50-50 split. You do what you got to do to win the game. And I think that what you saw from Negi in this game was we're calling straight run plays. If you've been listening to the podcast, I've talked about this this past week. 
the idea that they couldn't run the ball because they were beholden to whatever Mitch th- thought he saw on some of these RPO looks to me was crazy. So in this game, you could tell that not only were they committed to running the ball, they were committed. They were committed to calling straight run plays. And I think that makes their offense better. I think it, that you have to do this. You have to try and run the ball. You have to give your offensive line a chance to prove that they can move the other team off the line of scrimmage. And I thought that in a lot of cases on Sunday, the Bears were able to do that. I thought the the offensive line kind of redeemed themselves a little bit. <clears throat> Mitchell Trubisky wasn't sacked in the game. There weren't a ton of tackles for losses. And you had a run game that averaged 5.3 yards per carry. That's pretty doggone good. Now, I'm not here to take the 46-yard run out of it. I believe that you run it, run it, and you're looking for opportunities to pop big runs. And they had runs of 12, runs of 9, runs of 14, runs of 8 on the day. So there were opportunities there. So good for the, the, the Bears offense and the Bears offensive line. Let's talk about the quarterback for a second, shall we? I thought they pared the game plan down for him in this one. And and Jen Hale, who's a silent reporter for Fox, she had actually reported that that I don't and I don't and I'm not sure that the Bears, quite honestly, like when she said that. I was sitting there going, do the Bears really want that out there? That they shrunk the playbook to make it more digestible for Mitchell Trubisky. And that Trubisky was complaining about time, like getting plays in on time. And if you go back to listen to my episode last week, I think it was last Monday or Tuesday. And I think the title is Neggy Needs to Help Trubisky Out. That's one of the things that he was talking about. He was talking about get these plays in and then we can do a better job of of getting the offense moving in the right direction. There were times when Nagy looked scared to let Mitch loose. And I think that's a problem going forward. All of this, all of all of us are trying to figure out. And I don't know if they have the answer at Hallis Hall or if they're searching too on what the ceiling is for Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that it wasn't fool's gold. I, I, I think that's probably unfair to Mitch. What you saw at the beginning of the season last year, I think that what happened is is you had an offense that was successful. It was stuff that people didn't really know. And you had the added dimension of, of Mitch being able to run that I think makes it completely it makes it difficult for defenses to really hone in on what he wants to do. Notice what you've seen in the first two games. Green Bay and Denver both took running Mitch kind of out of the equation. And if he can't run, he's lesser and Tremont Williams told us the game plan. The game plan was to to make Mitch Trubisky play from the quarterback position, to keep him in the pocket. 
And both teams defensively were able to do that. I'm looking forward. I haven't done my second watch yet. Like I literally grabbed some food and, and came home and I'm, I finished my food and just ran upstairs to, to my office to do this. If you didn't know, like on, we do our, our, our post game, which is called for legal purposes, the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago. We had to wait today. Because the White Sox were playing out west, then they got into this crazy game with Seattle. So we were probably on about 45 minutes later than we should have been. So obviously that moves everything back. So I mean, I didn't get out of NBC Sports Chicago to almost 9.30-ish. And I probably should have already have finished the podcast by then if things were going normally. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the second watch because I, I want to really get a grasp of what the Bears were trying to do with Mr. Trubisky. Now, my first reaction is they were asking him to make really safe throws. He missed some open receivers. The numbers on Trubisky are not pretty. 16 to 27, 120 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's good. And a passer rating of 70. Compare that to what you saw from Joe Flacco, who came up with two really big throws, but you can tell he's kind of not good. 35 of 50, 292 yards, you sacked twice, a touchdown interception, and a pass rating 83.1. And you saw him in Emmanuel Sanders hook up for almost 100 yards, receiving, including the touchdown uh, that in theory would have tied the game with the extra point, but... Vic Fangio, man, a set of brass balls there. That is Fangio going for two. And the penalties, the penalties keep plaguing the Bears. They they had them where they wanted them, where they were going to go to overtime. And maybe in the end it ends up helping the Bears. But another week where the Bear, Bears penalties are just allowing, they allowed three first downs on penalties. In this game. Now, don't get me wrong. The the penalties from the Broncos were ridiculous. All the holding penalties on their tackle. But the Bears had seven penalties for 65 yards in this game. And it looked like on both the two-point conversion and the subsequent drive afterwards that a penalty was going to kill them. 12 men in the huddle. They get backed up as they're trying to drive. What was really freaky about the Broncos and their touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders and then the two-point conversion. Like, they used the, the, the play that the Eagles used to Golden Tate. It was what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. It was the same play. And they knew that they were going to run it. And had Vic won the game with the play that bounced the Bears out of the the playoffs last year, combine that with if Eddie misses the kick. Like the the irony that it would be dripping with would be unbelievable. But Flacco came up with those two throws. The the throw was a, it was a brilliant catch by Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone to get his knee down. And they had converted a fourth down play before that to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. And then the, the two-point conversion, it took a lot of guts. 
And you're sitting there going, man, is this the way that the Bears lose this game? A gassed, a gassed, an absolutely gassed defense. For all those people who say, oh, you know, the altitude doesn't matter. Ask Khalil Mack about that. Because he was <laughs> out of the game. And Matt Nagy had to call a timeout to get him back in the game for a big down. It can wear on you. There's, there's no doubt about that. But had the had the Bears lost this game with the offense still looking like this, where the offense has only been capable of generating one touchdown in two games of ball, like that's that's not what was advertised. That is not taking Mitch from the 101 to the 202 level of his development as a quarterback. And I'm not sure what any of it means. I don't know if they they tried to to give him too much too quickly and maybe this paired back offense that they're that they at least said for today's game plan is what he's more comfortable with but even in today's game there were throws that he missed and missed badly you know missed by 5 yards and there was a play was it right before i think it was right before the Broncos went and drove down the field. Let me see if I can find it here in the game notes. Where the Bears had a third and maybe eight or so. And they were like, oh, screw it. We're just going to dump this pass off here and, and take our chances with our defense on the field. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it was third and eight. Third and eight play. There was a short pass to the right side to Allen Robinson for three yards. And that's what the Bears holding on to the lead, and they they punt it. By the way, shout out to Patrick O'Donnell. He was really terrific punting the ball in this game. Really helped flip field position a couple times in the game. And, of course, is the holder on the the big field goal by Eddie Pinheiro. O'Donnell had a long of 75. He averaged 57.4 yards per punt and netted 50.4 yards that's that's more than getting it done if you're a punter i guess the question that i'm stuck with is how good are the bears if this is the offense they have to play if they have to play a pared down offense because the quarterback's still not ready to take that next step then what becomes the ceiling for them as a team? Do we really have to change the the expectations for them? Because I think you do. I think if this is the offense that you're running out there and you start looking at where this team is from a scoring standpoint since week 11 of last year, just go back and look. You're talking about a team that's averaging about 17 points a game since week 11. And if we just take the last three games that the Bears have played here, I can do some of the math on that. I think it's a little, it's close to 12 points a game that they're averaging. Not even that, like 11 points a game over the last three games. That type of thing is just going, it's not going to be enough. it's, It's not, it's not going to be enough. So is this part of the maturation is there more to Mr. Trubisky than meets the eye? And we threw the 
the question now is one of our poll questions, and it's a really interesting one. How did this game make you feel? Did it make you, you feel better about Mitch or worse? And I think that maybe it makes you feel worse because now you see what the coaching reaction was, and now you see that there is a governor on what the Bears can be offensively. Now, maybe the light clicks on for Mitch, and Matt Nagy goes, okay, we can get back to trusting him again, and they can open things up. But I don't – it didn't feel like it. The way that they played offense today didn't feel like it. A lot of the throws that he missed didn't feel like it. But I will give him credit for extending the play. He almost extended it a little too long. Extending the play at the end of the game, the 25-yard catch by Allen Robinson. I will give him credit for that. You still, in that moment, can't blink. You know, you have to make a decision and throw the ball. And maybe that's where Mitch is at his best, is if we take away some of the – and just say, play ball. Can you just go out there and play ball? And he made a good throw. I was a little scared that Allen Robinson didn't get down in time. New York apparently said that the, there was still one second left on the clock, and Mitch did a good job of getting to the official and getting that timeout called so that Pinheiro can try the 53-yard field goal. But big picture, the in, in the, the small picture here is the Bears won. They're one and one. Everyone's happy on their flight coming back home. Maybe some uh, pressure is released and they can they can get back to being a team that has aspirations to win the Super Bowl. The big picture is what if they didn't get this right with the quarterback? Is this what a third-year quarterback or a quarterback who's in the second year of the same system that did have some early success, it, he shouldn't look like this, period. You shouldn't be putting the handcuffs or what, what would Boris and Bernstein say back in the day, the Kyle Orton mittens. You shouldn't have to put the mittens on Mitch. But you had to, to beat a team that I don't think is very good. And the Packers weren't totally complete, although their defense played great. And I don't think Washington's very good. And I think the Bears are going to probably go into Washington and win that game. What you're buying with this win, what you bought, the currency that you bought with this win was time. Because if you come back 0-2, you look panicked. And your chances of making the playoffs statistically is really terrible. But this win buys you time. It buys you time. You have an extra day next week to get your game plan ready. And if you win the game against Washington, you're feeling really good about yourself. You're like, okay, we have weathered the storm. We are two and one. But I can't I can't let go of the quarterbacking that I've seen over the first two weeks of the season. And luckily for the Bears, they did get a big turnover today. And it looked like Kyle Fuller's knee was down, but who knows? They they still haven't scored yet on defense. You're still waiting for that. But the defense did come through with, with a, a, a big play by Kyle Fuller, but then they also let the team down by letting Denver 
come back down the field and score that Emmanuel Sanders touchdown. There was some cool stuff that Chuck Pagano was doing and blitzing buster screens, effective blitzer, man. Very effective. Got a little too um, anxious to try and block a kick, though, and that's how you end up with them doing the the golden tape play and, and taking the lead and look looking like looking like it was going to be the the most delicious win that Vic Fangio has ever had in his life. And the Bears were able to fight through it, come back and get a big kick from Eddie Pinheiro. But I still think that it leads to a lot of questions about where things stand. And we'll continue to dissect it. I'd rather be talking about other stuff too. I'd rather be talking about how well the offense of the Bears play, but they haven't really given me a chance to do that in the first two games of the season. So we'll see. So that's my initial reaction. There's 25 minutes of what I think about this, this particular Bears win. I don't know what you thought, but I look forward to whether it's you reaching out via Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes or on the radio show tomorrow at noon or throughout the week. I'm curious on what you think, but but I think that I'm I feel slightly worse about where things stand with the quarterback this week than I did last week. But a win is a win is a win. And that win buys you time to fix some of your problems, including some of your problems with your quarterback. I appreciate you listening. I will talk to you tomorrow.